Let's ride. All right, all right, back in this thing, man. No playing this ride. Blackout, number 36. Shout out to my man, Jerome Bettis. I believe he played college ball at Notre Dame, played uh, his pro football career at Pittsburgh, running people the fuck over. And he was uh, known as the bus, which made sense because Pittsburgh went black and yellow, and that's all he did was drag motherfuckers down the field. So shout out to uh, Jerome Bettis. I almost said LeBron James. I'm going to get to him later, man. Speaking of dragging people everywhere. But first I want to get to this um this Bronx stabbing real quick. Uh terrible, horrible, disgusting. There's not too many adjectives I want to use while trying to discuss this shit. I already gave you three. It was man, I'm at a loss. Something gotta stop. As a people, we gotta figure out something. And I know it wasn't gun violence and all that shit. But just violence, period. We we gotta figure something else out. At some point, we gotta learn how to come to some sort of dialogue or something. And I know, you know, with the sex tape thing, I didn't dig too deep into why this happened to this young man. Like I was hearing and looking at stuff briefly, and it was saying it was over a sex tape. And listen, no no sex tape is worth what happened to this man, unless the person's being raped. And I could be wrong. But unless the person's being raped or some shit or somebody's doing something to a child, that man ain't deserve all that. A 15-year-old boy, and it was like four dudes doing that shit. If you haven't seen the video, it's it's brutal, to say the least. And I believe the worst part is when they drug him out and he was holding on to the wall. And then they took him out and they, they just went to slicing. And, I mean, they drugged his ass. Excuse me for using that Duval word, but... I, you can see when the guy was, like, stabbing him with the intent to kill him. This wasn't one of those, okay, we're going to catch you slipping. We're going to whoop your ass. You go home. We go home thing. This was like, we coming to take you out. And when there's incidents that are violent, for me, I guess because of my background, I always ask, like, yes, yeah, something violent happened to this person, but you got to look at the other side. What did they do? What did they do that, was, that, that would make somebody else that mad to harm them like that? But over a tape, it's not that serious. Unless that person was raped and made to do something crazy, I, I don't see how it could be that serious. And again, I will admit, I didn't look all the way into it because once I, I saw it the first time, I really didn't care to see it again. 
it's uh it's something that can be traumatizing to people, man, to young people. Not even young people. To, maybe to some, somebody old. I don't know because we're so used to seeing violent shit like that. This just may, this may just be the one that uh that makes somebody flip out, that makes somebody just stop believing in life and thinking that and believe that the world is super duper violent, which it appears it can be at times. All over a video or some shit. That's crazy. Y'all couldn't have shot the man like a one-on-one fade or nothing? It took four of y'all with knives to, to, to teach this man that lesson. That's crazy. And then I think I saw them in court like they was crying. Man, fuck all that. Nobody cared about no sympathy for y'all. Even if you was doing it on the behalf of your family to honor, that's way too goddamn far. Way too far. That's violence taken to the extreme. Now, I know how they get down in the Caribbean. They don't fuck around. I understand that. In the islands, they don't play, whether it be Puerto Rico, the Dominican, Haiti, Jamaica, Trinidad. I know they don't fuck around, but come on, man. That was way out of bounds. That shit was not necessary. Um, Yeah, this is, like, really my first time even really saying anything about it. You know, just me thinking, sitting there actually thinking about it as I, as I record this. That's why I'm repeating myself so much. And yeah, I'm gonna move on. Um, Maxine Waters, man. I told y'all she wanted to smoke last week when she was like, when you see these politicians, these punk ass, puss ass politicians. She didn't say that, but she said, when you see these politicians, don't be afraid to approach them and let them know how you feel. Now, she never wants. Said that you should go out there and be violent towards anybody. She never once said that. She just said, let them know how you feel. And she applauded people walking up on people. And and she was like, she said right before uh, we found out Sarah Huckabee Sanders got kicked out of that restaurant. Just what she said coincided with that. And her, her attitude about it is let them know how you feel. Don't be afraid of them. At the end of the day, politicians are supposed to be, they are supposed to be public servants. But we all know in reality, when they get to that certain level, they don't really act like that. So let's be real. What she said wasn't a threat of violence to anybody, unless you're some type of sucker and you twisted the words. Now, what happened after she made that statement is, apparently she became she began to get death threats. And most people would expect somebody to you know to kind of to kind of shut her and not say anything and, be, and get scared and be quiet. Not old Maxine. Not Auntie Maxine, as they call her. She was like, she want to smoke, you better shoot straight. And that's, that's what she's telling you. And I, w- I would hate for something to happen, something like that to happen to her, but even if it did, it'd only make her a martyr. She's an older woman. She's lived, she's seen a lot. Anybody who even thought about killing Maxine Waters is a goddamn fool with the amount of media coverage she gets. You're going to get caught. There's, there's no way around it. You're going to get caught. That's foolish to even do. Even if you're sending death threats, you're probably in trouble already. They probably got your ass locked up somewhere. It was just stupid for somebody to even say, you scared of an old black woman? You scared? You scared of that knowledge she got? That's what that is, man. When people kill me, man. You can't voice your opinion and be a minority without somebody wanting to take your head off. Now, if it's un- if it's unpopular... That's what it's going to be. If you want these boot-looking motherfuckers, like whoever this guy is on my Facebook, who I keep seeing his, his shit pop up, I don't even know what channel to say. Some corny motherfucker in the suit. 
I'm not, I'm not going, I'm not going to go there. Cause like them is the worst when it's your own kind saying shit to make black people look bad and to base it on politics. That's when it's the worst. That's when it's, that's when it irritates us the most. We expect that from other groups of people. We, but when it's your own, that's when it kind of hurts. And it would be different if they were saying, look, we as a people need to stop X, Y, Z, this, that, and the third. But when you look like somebody, say no, because they're lazy. They don't want to do anything. You've automatically flipped. You've excommunicated yourself from from that community. Because it's... Let's be real. It's it's fair and it's fine to be critical of your own, but put don't exclude yourself like you're above that. That's the shit that makes me mad. Like you don't have to agree with everything that your people do. I'm pretty sure there's a million black people frustrated with the shit that Levar Ball does, or with a lot of things these athletes do. But it's one thing to do that, and it's one thing to exclude yourself and act like you're not a part of this because you don't like what's going on. To me, that's sucker shit. And I cannot and will not respect stuff like that. I just can't. I don't like everything I see black entertainers do, but I won't I won't sit here and act like I'm not a part of the group. Like I'm trying to fit in with somebody the fuck else. Be comfortable in the skin you in and be who you are. I'm not saying that all black people have to be a certain way. That's not what I'm saying at all. You can be black and conservative. You can be black and liberal. You can be black and be libertarian. You can be black and fuck with the Green Party. But at the end of the day, you're still black. Don't go sell your uh your people out in order to kick it over there with massa them. Because you're just showing your disloyalty. You're not gonna be valued by them any more than you'll be valued by us. Because as soon as you fuck up, they're gonna remind you real quick that you still one of them. You are still one of them. When I find out this guy's name, I'm a um I'm going to let y'all know. That's if I care to find it out. But he's definitely a sucker, man. I, I cannot stand that dude. Now, I'm not really into politics right now because this NBA free agency shit is popping. And that's where my mind is really at. But apparently, Mr. 45 has had a leaked bill about um, the World Trade Organization. So you can go look that up when you when you got a second, because I'm not gonna get too deep into it. And uh, the president of Mexico has been elected. He's a leftist, apparently. Let me see if I can find his name. I just saw it. Manuel Lopez Abrador. Yeah, apparently he's a leftist, and that's good for who? I don't know. It's good for people who lean left in Mexico, I guess. We'll see how that happens. Hopefully he doesn't um he doesn't fuck up things more relationship-wise, then they're already messed up with the U.S. But on to what I really want to talk about, this NBA free agency. And God damn it, if I wasn't wrong, and LeBron James, you know him as LeBron James, has signed a deal with the Los Angeles Lakers. We're talking about a big old thick deal, $154 million for four years, and I think three are guaranteed. Now, that is going to shift the whole the whole summer, especially with the East. I don't know who's left for them to get because I got to assume if you're like the next biggest star out there because uh, PG-13, Paul George, decided to stay in OKC. Carmelo Anthony opted in to stay with OKC. 
Chris Paul stayed with Houston. And who else was out there? I can't even remember. Um, who else was out there? I forgot. Anyway, shit, my phone just went off. JaVel McGee is now a Laker. <laughs> I don't know who's going to be left. They got, and the Lakers also picked up Lance Stevenson. So it's going to be a crazy summer. And in my brain, I'm just trying to figure out how all this is going to work with all these new personalities added to the team. Now, the Lakers, I think, are going to be fine. Because if you look, they got Kuzma, they got Ingram, they got um, they got Lonzo, they got LeBron. Kuzma's coming off the bench. He was as of last year. We'll see what happens with, with how it works when LeBron gets there. Because Lonzo's still going to start. Even though he has a torn meniscus, he should be back by training camp. So Lonzo's going to start. They're bringing back Contavious Caldwell-Pope. He will probably slide to the bench, and they'll probably start Lance Stevenson alongside Lonzo. They'll probably roll with Brandon Ingram at the three, LeBron at the four, and then if they keep Brooke Lopez, they'll have him at the five. That's if he stay. I don't even know if he's a free agent or not. That's if he's still there. And then off the bench, you got Kuzma, you got KCP, and JaVale McGee, I'm assuming. That's three of the the bench players. And they think they re-signed Zubik. And I don't know who the backup point guard is. They got Mo Wagner coming off the bench. They got the other European guy they just drafted. I don't know who the backup one is for L.A. But that's going to be interesting. Really interesting. And now with LeBron being there, they're going to be able to get a lot more people. And we're going to see what DeMarcus Cousins is going to do. Because he may stay with New Orleans, or, or if he, if he, I ain't gonna say if he's smart, if he wants to get a little bit adventurous, if he wants to, to spice up his life a little bit, he may go and uh, and sign with the Lakers. Now I think that'd be a good fit because you have two guys on there who love to pass the ball. Their organization's used to passing the ball. But then again, with Boogie Cousins, you may have to slow the ball down a little bit because the Lakers are trying to run. With him coming off that Achilles injury, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I don't know how slick that's going to look with him uh, with him coming off of that, if he's even going to be able to keep up. Now, I know he can shoot from damn near anywhere on the floor. He may be better off staying in uh, New Orleans with uh, AD. And with Houston, with them signing Chris Paul, do they and they're already not re-signing Trevor Reza. He signed with Phoenix. I wonder where this leaves Clint Capella, because they signed Chris Ball for they signed Chris Paul for a nice chunk of change. And James Harden's contract is already for two hundred million, so I don't know how much money they're gonna have left. That's gonna be real interesting in the next few in the next few hours, the next couple of days. The the West just keeps getting stronger. They Minnesota offered Jimmy Butler a max contract. They signed Derrick Rose for one year, two million. You know, given his injury history. That makes sense. I can understand that. But he plays well when coached by Tom Thibodeau, and that's what he's used to. So, well, we'll see. Hopefully he does better. Jay Crossover, Jamal Crawford, for y'all who don't know, he did not resign with um with Minnesota. So, we'll see who else they bring in there. Um, The Bulls, man. I don't know what's going on with Zach Levine, but apparently there's some friction between Chicago and Zach Levine. And I say, man, fuck him, man. He's two torn ACLs. That's the same reason y'all got rid of D. Rose. And the crazy thing is they keep looking at these broke-ass players. 
Now, if you're going to trade D-Rose, okay. Get somebody that, without an injury history. Trade D-Rose, you go get Zach Levine. And apparently you guys are interested in Jabari Parker. Now, I know he's a Chicago native and all that, and that's cool. Clap, clap. But this man's had two torn ATLs. ACL, excuse me. This man had two torn ACLs. So why the hell would you bring him in when you just got rid of one guy who had injuries, got another guy who had injuries, to even look at another guy who's had the same goddamn injuries? What sense would that make? Now, they did well in the draft for what they got. I feel like the Bulls just need to kind of build. They just need to build and see what they can do with the young guys unless they can get or attract like a DeMarcus Cousins. Because now, if you get Boogie Cousins on board, but you want to shoot the ball a lot, that makes more sense to me because the floor is going to be spread out. They'll have to watch marketing. They'll have to watch Wendell Carter Jr. You got Bobby Portis. The Bulls need a goddamn point guard. And Chris Dunn is okay. I guess he'll have ruined the move if the floor is spread like that. But Jabari Parker, man, that, that's that's not the move, man. That is not the move. You need to let that man go on about his business in Chicago. Now, if he wants to go to Cleveland, that's fine. I think Cleveland should take a look at him because fuck Cleveland. That's how I feel. I'm a Bulls fan. I ain't got no love for Cleveland. You can send his broke body ass back to Milwaukee. You can send him to Detroit. You can send him to Cleveland anywhere in the division where he can play except for Chicago. That's how I feel, goddammit. And with and Cleveland, I don't know what the hell they're going to do now. I really don't. With the way they're built, they were built to be around LeBron James. Now Ty Lue is going to have to prove he can actually coach with having these guys that, um, that quite frankly, don't put up the same numbers. If you look at his coaching history, that was it. I don't know where he was assistant before, but he was basically the assistant for David Black. And then for whatever reason, they got rid of him. I guess, well, I'm going to say because him, David Black and LeBron clashed. And then Ty, Ru, then Ty Lue moves up. So he's basically still the assistant coach because LeBron's basically coaching the team. And he, he has the best player in the world with the team built around him at his disposal. So now we really going to see how well Ty Lue can coach. We're really going to see how well he can run the organization on the court as if he's still there. It's going to be interesting. And, they, I mean, I like the point guard they drafted, but it's going to take more than that to get it done in the East because now you have a bunch of good teams and you don't have that monster on your, in your jersey anymore. It's, it's, man, it's going to be interesting. Like Orlando just gave Aaron Gordon $84 million. He just came off a couple injuries. I don't understand. I would have let Aaron Gornaz go. Now, he has developed some, but he hasn't developed a jumper yet. He's like a, to me, Aaron Gordon is like a smaller Blake Griffin. He can rebound, he's physical, he can dunk, but can he shoot? If he can develop that jumper like Blake did, he might be deadly. But what, they, what else they got in that roster? In the East, I, I just don't see how. Because they had them guys together at least for a season, and it didn't really work out. He was hurt. Vujicic didn't. He wasn't like a superstar. Jonathan Simmons was trying to do his thing. Terrence Ross, I think, is still down there. They just lost uh, Mario Hurt. Hernan Oza. I forgot how you say I don't know how you say his name. Mario. They lost to Mario, dude. He went to New York. I just don't see what Orlando's got going on. They let Shevlin Mack go 
but didn't get a point guard. They did get Mo Bamba, though. Mo Bamba should help them out tremendously in, like, the next couple years. Jonathan Isaac ain't played a damn game in the pros. Not in the regular season, at least. He's a summer league guy. And he looked lost in damn summer league. And he don't have a body yet. Like, I don't know what position he's supposed to play. I, he was like a stretch four in college. But that boy, like, he weighed 190-something pounds. He's like 6'9", 6'10". Orlando got some work to do. I'm going to be looking because I want Orlando to do well, but I'm going to be looking out. And Miami, we'll see what Miami does because Miami should make the playoffs again this year. Well, I don't know if they missed it last year. They should definitely make the playoffs. Charlotte traded Dwight Howard. It's not clear whether or not he signed with the Nets. Ed Davis signed with the Nets. So now we got to see what Dwight Howard's going to do because he may be a free agent. He may got bought out his contract. It's going to be a wild summer, man. And if I'm going to state, I'm just sitting back looking like they signing all these people just to lose because nobody knows where Kawhi Leonard's going. Nobody. He's still out there trying to get traded. Now, if San Antonio's smart, they'll probably just hold on to him, see how the thigh looks, what the hamstring looks, and then roll from there. Like, well, midseason we'll trade you before the deadline or they'll keep you. We don't know. Because they damn sure ain't trading him to L.A. now with the Lakers racking up, JaVale McGee, signing Mo Wagner, the rookie they drafted, getting LeBron James, getting Lance Stevenson, and whoever the hell else they just signed. There's no way in hell they're going to give any more firepower to the Lakers. And... I really don't see Kawhi getting traded at all. I think he'll end up playing, and over the course of the season, they'll work the thing, they'll work whatever it is out during the course of the season. And I think San Antonio was smart that way, playing a long game. Like, okay, let this man come into training camp, let him get in the locker room, let him get back around the guys, let them get a chance to hash out whatever differences they have and let basketball and sports do what it does. Sometimes you having differences with somebody it just takes you being out and playing with them. Maybe you'll break the ice and you guys will come to a point where you had it, you have to have that conversation and you'll move on from there. Maybe that's what it's going to take. But I really don't see Kawhi leaving. And I really, honestly, I'm not even a Spurs fan per se, but I don't want to see him out of that uniform. I kind of miss when guys stay with the same squad. And they, they just re-signed guys back. They re-signed Rudy Gay, and they signed, I forgot who else they signed. They just signed somebody else back. And they got the rookie out of Miami. I want to see how he's going to do. But I really want Kawhi to stay there. Like, him going to him going to Philly, just, yeah, it just don't do nothing for me. Like, I, I really want the young team to stay young. Like, I wanted the Lakers to stay the Lakers, to be real. As a Lakers fan, since 2001, I wanted – to see them come together as a young group and do their thing. Now you throw LeBron in there. He's the type of player I think will only help the development of LA. He can help he can help Lonzo. He can definitely help Brandon Ingram. He can help Kuzma just with his his skill set. Even if he opts to not have the ball as much, it's only going to open up the more the floor more for Lonzo to dish the rock, especially with JaVale McGee. Now, what we got to see is, what does L.A. do with Julius Randle? 
because I like Julius Randle. I think they should keep him. I really, really do because he'll do the dirty work. He don't have to go out and have a ball and get fucking 50 points, and or not even 50. He don't have to go out there and try to get 30 points a game. He can be effective getting you 10 to 10 a game. And he's coming on. He came off the bench before. I mean, with LeBron there, I'm pretty sure, like, he, he's going to understand, like, hey, well, I'm about to come off the bench again. Now, if he decides he wants to go somewhere and start, that's understandable. But for my money, if I'm a guy who wants to play with the best, in the, with the best, I'm not leaving. Because if he goes to any other team that's going to be competitive in the West, he's not going to start. There's no way. Because if say if he goes to Dallas, I think Dirk's still there. They just got DeAndre Jordan. They just got uh, Luka Doncic. Doncic, I don't know how to say his name. They got Dennis Smith Jr. The, the Mavs ain't trying to go total rebuild. So I think they got dirt for like another year or two. So Randall ain't going to start there. He's not going to start in Denver. He's not going to start in San Antonio. The only place where he may start that has a chance would probably be Houston if he went there. That would be the only place I could see him starting if he went there. And I'm probably forgetting somebody who plays for the Rockets. But if he wanted to leave L.A. because he wanted to start, Houston would be his best bet. Maybe Portland. I got to double check what Portland has going on. But I think those would be his two best bets to start in the Western Conference or anywhere else. He's not going to win no games. I don't think. He's not going to go deep in the playoffs. So I want to see where Julius Randle goes. I wanted him to stay in the Laker jersey, or I would hate for him to do something crazy like end up signing with the Clippers. But I need for my soul <laughs> Julius Randle to stay with the Lakers, or he can go to the Bulls, help the Bulls out. I know their front court is, is is congested right now, but I don't care because I like him as a good player. In the Bull, in the, not the Bulls, but the Lakers are going to need somebody to do that dirty work. They don't have that that guy right now. If they lose Julius Randle to do that dirty work because they had two when they lost one when they traded fucking Larry Nance to Cleveland. And it's like they pulled off the, the dopest trade ever because they traded Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson to Cleveland. And a year later, after getting them off their um getting them off their payroll, they got LeBron James. So it's it's crazy how that works out. And let me be clear. Let me be clear. I've been a Laker fan for over 10 years now. And they're my, yes, my secondary team next to my beloved Chicago Bulls. Beloved but frustrating Chicago Bulls. But I've been a Laker fan for a while now. And I'm going to tell you punk-ass LeBron fans this. I got no problem with LeBron James. I think he's a great player. He's top three of the guys I've ever seen play basketball. He's in my top three all time. But there's a big difference between Laker fans and LeBron fans, don't bring that LeBron fan bullshit over to the Lakers. You either a Lakers fan or you're not. You're not just a LeBron's fan. It ain't none of that shit. You either with the whole squad or you're not. Ain't no I'm rooting for fucking LeBron. If that's the case, you just you root for him. That's it. That's it. You know you cheer his points. Don't cheer his don't cheer the wins. You cheer LeBron's points, assists, rebounds, and all the shit y'all been doing, jumping around between Cleveland. Miami and now L.A. 
Don't get it fucked up. We know who y'all are. We know y'all not real Laker fans. This ain't no bandwagon. This team is a rebuild. Don't expect them to come there and win no championships either because y'all going to be disappointed. I don't think LeBron James went to L.A. expecting to just start winning rings. Now, they're putting together a decent roster, but they have to they have to all meld and have to fit the mold of what a championship team is. LeBron's going out there to set up his production company, Spring Hill Entertainment, by the way. Don't get it fucked up. I'm 100% sure this is where he plans to finish out his career because the move just makes sense. So when you're there, while you're temporarily there, you put your L.A. jersey on. It's not about LeBron. It's about the team because he got some big-ass shoes to fill. This ain't where you come to just, to just do okay. I'm talking about playoffs runs. I'm not expecting rings. But let me be clear. I'm not expecting him to go get rings having to go up against Portland, Houston, San Antonio, if they get right, OKC, Utah was good in the playoffs, and go to state. I'm not expecting him to come out here and just get a bunch of rings. I am expecting seventh, eighth, sixth, fifth seed in the playoffs. That's what I'm expecting in the first couple of seasons. Third or fourth season, I might expect you to get close to the conference finals. But I'm not expecting you to go out and just get a bunch of rings. It would be nice as a guy who likes who loves the Lakers. It would be nice. But that's not my expectation because he's only going to get older. So, remember what I said. Don't come over here, LeBron fan, and you are a Laker fan now. All that LeBron shit is dead. You are a Laker fan. Those are the rules. Kobe left, we still ride. Shaq left, we still ride. Magic got aged, you still ride. When Lions went all them leave, you still ride. You're a Laker fan. Don't forget it. You want you us now. Shut the fuck up and ride with the team. Now, on to some other entertainment news. This Drake album came out. I'm not sure yet. It's a double album. I'm not um I'm not quite clear on where I stand with this. It's not a bad album. It's really it's really um it's really like a mood album. Like, hey man, it's a uh, I woke up this morning and it's glued me out. Let me cut this Drake on. Or I just got home, I just got off work, and it's raining. Let me sit on the balcony with these headphones on. Or you driving to work or home from work in the rain. It's like a commute album. And I think that's the, the type of music he, he likes to make. He, I think he said somewhere he makes music for when you ride in the car at night. And this is definitely one of those albums. More R&B than I cared for, but then again, I only really listened to the album twice. I haven't, um, you know, sat down and been able to just to just listen to that. I'm gonna give it another try, but right now, honestly, in my opinion, it's not. I don't want to say it's not standing up to the other albums that came out, rap-wise. I just think the. That, I don't think that was his goal. I think his goal was to just make the music and let it be what it is. He did take some jabs. He did throw some some things out there. He did mention his son. I thought that was cool. Um, he did what he always does, talks to the ladies. And he's he's honest, man. He, he makes emotional music. He speaks about himself and what he's going through. So when people throw the ghostwriter shit out there, I just don't see how when the music always sounds so personal. 
Maybe I'm crazy. But if I can't sit this album next to a J. Cole's K.O.D. and say that this album's better than that. I can't do it. I can't sit this album next to Nipsey's Victory Lap and say that it's better than Nipsey's. I, I can't sit this album next to J-Rock's and say that it's better than J-Rock's. Because it's not. J-Rock has a, a banging-ass album. If you're not familiar with J-Rock, you need to go get that album Redemption if you're a hip-hop fan. If you don't mind some uh, gutter language being used, Redemption is a, is a good damn album. I don't know if I talked about it before, but if if not, it's pretty damn good. It has at least five or six good songs on there. Shout out to TDE for doing that and making that project. Well, yeah, the Drake album, it, I, I was exp- I don't know if I was expecting more because the man gave us the double album. I think after um, the last couple of albums, I was expecting more of an upbeat uh, selection of beats, I'll say. With uh, with all the Afro beat stuff he did, like the last, I'll say three albums. I say the last two. I don't think he really had any on views, but all the Afro beat stuff he did recently, I expected to have some of that on his album, and it just wasn't there. Unless I wasn't looking for it deep enough, I just didn't see it. So I was kind of, I'm not gonna say I was disappointed. It's just I was I missed out on that. I was hoping he was still doing that and bringing that to the forefront, but I think this is really this is really like a personal album. And I think he really um, went back and redid a lot of stuff. I'm pretty sure he had more songs that he probably didn't put on this album. And he went back after the shit with Pusha T and did more shit and put more songs together. Because I know that whole situation had to put him in a different space. But yeah, uh, it's out. It's not bad. It's a good album. It's just not what I expected it to be. It's super duper mellow. So if that's what you're looking for, man, go ahead and check out uh, Scorpion. Who else has something? Oh, um, my man Casanova. Casanova two times. If you're familiar with New York rap, you know where it's boom, 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 Casanova. He has a project out now. It's a lot of songs that had already came out. He just put them onto like a collective EP to put out. Then he has an album coming out soon. So go check that out. I know my my joint is on there. It's a song called Set Tripper. That everybody felt like was aiming at six nine, but it probably was. And uh, speaking of him and six nine, he they had they squashed a little situation they had, but he went back recently and did an interview on the Breakfast Club. He was talking about how it didn't make sense. Like he apparently he was somewhere and they kind of bumped into each other, and somebody got them to talk and they chopped it up, and they settled whatever their differences was. And it's over with. Now, this is prior to Triple X, Tentacion died. It's prior to him passing away. So, that was good. That's one less rap beef that we got going on. And I want to say the past couple weeks, it's been kind of quiet for 6ix9ine since that guy passed away. Maybe he's reevaluating how he's been moving, figuring out different ways to do it. Or maybe I'm not paying attention because I'm too old for that shit. And I really did like what Casanova was saying, how that shit doesn't make sense. And he was saying it before that guy died, that it doesn't make sense for me to get out from, come from that lifestyle, like the real side of that lifestyle of robbing people and being in the streets. It does not make any sense for me to get to this level of music and perpetuate that and go back and do the same shit I just fought so hard to get away from. 
him as a person who'd been in jail for most of his adult life, most of his teenage years and early 20s, he was able to stop and see through it and figure out that the, that the rap world is wrestling for the most part. Everything's fake. People shake your hand, say they want to do something with you when they see you, but when they don't see you, when you're not around, they don't care about you. When you're sharing their songs on the internet, that's cool for them, but they're not doing the same for you. He said he had to sit back and realize what it was. And I, I can really appreciate him doing that as somebody who's really been in the streets and being able to go to a big platform like the Breakfast Club and say that. Because that, to me, is important because the youth don't really get that part of it. All they see is what these guys do when they stunt on the internet and they copy that. I'm not in New York City right now. I ain't been there in a couple of years. But I guarantee you there's some kid running around New York City right now with a bunch of fucking rainbow color hair like uh like X. Not X, but like um like six nine. I guarantee you right now somebody's doing that. And that's because of the strong influence these guys have. Like I said on the last one, like you can get on Instagram live and talk to these dudes. These dudes will have a closer connection than any other artist before them. Just because of them the availability. So I I don't doubt there's somebody with a six nine tattoo right now probably. I know for a fact, I believe it for a fact, there's somebody running around with rainbow-colored hair right now because of this dude. And for casting over a guy who has influence in New York to say something like that, to let people know it's all fake, I think that's big because hopefully the young kids will hear it and realize, like, man, I can't keep chasing this shit like it's real life. At least that should be the goal. All right, shorter than normal. I'm going ahead and shutting this down, man. I got shrimp in the house to eat. My old lady probably mad because I took longer than I wanted to already. Remember what I said, LeBron is great. He's in L.A. now. Don't come to the Lake Show with all this LeBron bullshit. You are a Laker fan now. That's it. That's it. If you want to leave when he leave, by all means. But when he there, but when he there, you were a Laker fan. You were a Laker fan. Not a LeBron fan. Not a LeBron fan. You got them Laker fans. You got them Laker fans. If you're going to ride, if you're going to ride, if you're going to ride. All right, as usual, make tomorrow better than today. Learn something tomorrow. You didn't learn today. Be good out there, man. No sucker shit, man. Stop the violence, if possible. I say slow down on the violence. Saying stop the violence is ambitious. Slow down on the violence. Think about what you do before you do it. Be good out there. Be better tomorrow than you were today.